Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey! Yeah. yeah! My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show. The first edition with Declan Goff, the regular season underway. The Wild winning 2-1 to one against the Ducks on Friday. Coming back on Saturday, winning 3-2 to two against the Kings. Yep. The, old, the old school furious rallies, in my opinion, are now gone. This yeah. team is resilient, and in those uh, first two games have been impressive. But I think what we should do here is, I think it's time two games into an 82-game schedule overreactions. I think it's time to be, – because it's two games in. So, like, let's break it down. Let's talk about it. But also being fully aware of the fact that our our need to make uh, declarative statements right now within a month could be proven completely wrong. But I'm going to start you with this one after watching two games. And it's sort of confirmation of what you have expected to happen. And, again, it is, in fairness, uh, what, six periods? So – it's early. I encourage us to keep that in mind. But um, my first assessment, and I've got a bunch of them here, but my first assessment of the first two games is this one. Kevin Fiala looks like a guy who not only is ticked off, and rightfully so, that instead of receiving a multi-year contract, not what Kaprizov got, but something probably in that neighborhood or ballpark, got a one-year 1.5 million dollar deal kevin fiala in the first two games looks like he is intent and this is good news short term very intent on not just being a flashy player but in finally bringing fairly consistently not all the time but fairly consistently the elements of what the wild has wanted to see for quite some time i love him on the penalty kill um i feel like in the first two games that he looked like a more complete player now, I don't know, Declan Goff, if this lasts, that becomes the key question. Does he keep this in mind uh, for multiple games and multiple months? But your guy, Kevin Fiala, looks to me like he is trying to fulfill the requirement that the Wild has set, which is we need you to be a more complete player. Yeah, this is this is a good sign for him. He obviously spent a good amount of time with Frederick Goudreau and Victor Rask in the first two games. There was a few moments even I, I, I noticed that uh, he was out there with Kirill Kaprizov, not a ton, but there was a couple shifts where he ended up getting there. And yeah, this is exactly the player that I've talked about, the player that I expect him to be. And you can tell that after everything that's transpired this offseason with him not getting that contract, that he's coming in here pissed off. And now we've seen that from him before, though. We've seen him play with his head on fire. He's just kind of that player overall. But the fact he's being trusted on the penalty kill. And like you said, this could be a volatile situation. 
It might not last. It might there might be a situation where he ends up being exposed and in the wrong place or doesn't pick up his man and, and he absolutely could uh, get burned there. But Fiala looks like a man possessed. I, I think that is a very good first uh, reaction after these first two games. And look, the Ducks and Kings aren't going to be anything special. Um, I think the Ducks might end up being the best of those three. We'll have to wait and mm. see. Um, mm. uh, but uh, even even watching both those games uh, this weekend, back-to-back, Talbot getting both starts. Uh, but I thought Kevin Fiala showed up in a big way. He was noticeable. And you know what? Hey, Frederick Goudreau, too. Goudreau getting power play time, which was... I yeah. can't tell if that is going to be a thing all season. I can't tell if, if that's just Dean Evison throwing that second unit of bone and some guys have to play it. Um, I'll see if that one lasts long. But in general, Kevin Fiala has been impressive in those first two games. I think the thing with Kevin is this. So he's had games for sure, and he's had stretches where he plays, where he's clearly ticked off. And, and so he plays hard. It's actually in those time periods where at times he takes some dumb penalties. Um, and that's one side of Kevin Fiala playing possessed. What I saw in these first two games, and especially last night, was a guy who appears dedicated, and now the question becomes, can this continue? But he appears more dedicated to being a complete player, which is exactly what Bill Guerin and Everson want from him. They want him to be a complete player. They yep. And he made a play late, I think it was in last night's game, where he decided to try and get fancy in the third period around the Kings' blue line, mm-hmm. uh, which is not a good idea. No. But I've also seen, I think, several examples of where he's being more of a complete player who appears dedicated to what he's supposed to do, which is, yes, of course, score goals and get, get points. That's his main forte. But also do more, play, uh, play an aggressive yet not dumb style. Yep. And like if he can turn that corner, he's going to get paid. It probably won't be here because he, he's, go, he's going to eventually, uh, at some point in time, likely price himself out of what the wild can afford to pay because of their cap situation. Um, but yeah, I don't know if what we're seeing, I don't know if what we've seen in these first two games is the I'm mad or I'm motivated to do mm-hmm. what they're telling me. And if you get that guy, it's fantastic. Cause now, cause now you trust him. Let me give you this too about Dean. And I, I don't know if Billy, Billy has a call uh, in this or not. Dean Evison's willingness to play him on the PK. I love, like, I think that's because there's a lot of coaches who would not do that. They'd say, yeah, you know, he's really good offensively, but I can't trust him. Yep. Dean's challenging him, and he seems to be buying in to that challenge. And the thing about a guy like Fiala killing penalties is he can be aggressive and make plays, and he can, because he is a power play staple guy, he sees plays coming and can anticipate them defensively and create scoring chances. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell you right now, one of my favorite things to watch in this sport, aggressive PK. Like, I hate when you're laying back and you're like, I'm responsible, I'm just going to be responsible, and almost timid. Um, This, to me, if you're going to have a PK that is actually going to be aggressive and try and get goals and points, I love that. I mean, I'm not saying be dumb, but I am saying the anticipatory nature of a guy like Fiala can be impressive. I think, too, uh, Dean said in the pregame going into it that they, they want for, want him on the PK for those exact reasons, that he can springboard plays and he has the ability to change plays like that. Uh, to your other points, too, with Fiala that I noticed in the first two games was, especially I noticed this a lot 
against the Ducks in the opener on Friday, um, they were setting up set plays for him. You know, that's that's interesting because I also feel like even though he's a very talented offensive player, um, yep. obviously it, it's no question that, you know, Kirill Kaprizov's yeah, the most talented player, but Kevin is second. And they were just drawing up plays for him off of faceoffs, which is, I think, an inc- number one, incredibly difficult to do. It's really easy to come up with the idea for it, but they were coming up with set plays for him because they know he was hungry that game and they know he's able to, to score really easily because he just has a hell of a good shot. So I think that's also a good sign that the Wild are just, they're believing in him. Um, they're giving him the tools to try to say, hey, what player do you want to be? Do you want to be a player um, that can also turn around the second part of your game and become an all-around player? And and then, in theory, you know that would obviously make him a higher-paid player. And when we had Greg Wyshynski on uh, from ESPN the other day, mm-hmm. you know, he I asked him, I said, you know, how are they going to pay him? Because it just doesn't seem like they're going to be able to pay him long term. And Greg brought up a good point that you know, well, sometimes and this happens in hockey more than any other sport is that players will buy into a team and buy into a culture. Now, I think Kevin at the end of the day is going to want the the team that extends him the most money. Right. But I will say the Wild are in a good position because with the RFA rights. Um, they kind of have a say on where he goes. So another team can offer him an offer sheet. We've seen that kind of bite some other teams in the past, but I think that actually helps his negotiations. Yeah, I think the question with him becomes what type of what type of deal does he potentially sign after 2021-22? Because he could say, let's go short term and then hit the market here within the next year after that. Um, I wonder what the what the reaction is going to be long-term from him about not being given a long-term contract this time. Like, does he say it actually worked and I played great and I'll stay here? Or does he say, you didn't trust me. I showed you I'm gone. Like, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I I tend to agree with what you just said, which is he's going to probably take what he can get elsewhere. But yeah, the, after this year, it's going to be very intriguing to see what he does because he will be restricted for another season and then be eligible for unrestricted free agency, what, after 2022-23? So, yeah, that that's a good question. But if he's going to commit himself to becoming a com- complete player, watch out. That's great news. What's your take on Goudreau? Uh, because he's looked good, um, but he has played just – before he scored last night, his first goal with the Wild, he has six goals in 105 career games with the Preds and the Penguins. And I see a player, again, it's training camp and then two games in. I see a player that is definitely probably giving them on the ice what they hoped Benino would. I mean, mm-hmm. Benino, I think, was a second line, if I'm not mistaken, second line center to start last year, uh, got demoted eventually to the fourth line, eventually got placed on the wing um great locker room guy but certainly i don't think he had i don't think he, he had as much left in the gas tank um on the ice as, as they expected goudreau looks to me to be a better player for sure but the stats i just gave you like he's had chances he's not really young so what what's your take on how long he, he could potentially keep this up and is he a second line guy throughout the course of a season or do you think he regresses and becomes a little bit what Nick what Nick was, which is by the end of the year, Nick was a very valuable, but he was still a fourth-line winger. Yeah, I, I think with Goudreau, he was noticeable in some positive ways um, on on Friday uh, and on Saturday. Uh, he looked like he was a player that was complimenting Fiala well. 
the the hard part is his projections are just tough because he's literally I mean you know, just a quick math here he's only played seventy six games since twenty eighteen, and so it, it's it's hard to really project a future for him because he hasn't played that many games. That being said, he's looked pretty solid playing alongside Kevin Fiala and Victor Rask. They're maximizing Fiala and want him to be a responsible player. That line in general is starting in the offensive zone a ton. Um, I know that's a small sample size through two games, but yep. they've, they've started in the offensive zone 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. So that shows that they're actually trusting them to be in the offensive zone more and, and create more offense. I think it's just let's wait and see with him because I, I think with his such small sample size of games played, and even though he has looked good, I mean, I, I will say he's looked good. He's looked fine. He's looked fine maybe is probably the better assessment. He's looked fine. Yeah. He's definitely a little more – he has more talent than I thought he would bring. Yeah, me too. Um, but I'm curious and how, and also how much time he just spends on that second power play unit because he just doesn't seem like a guy in general that should be anywhere near a power play unit. But, I mean, hey, it, it's working right now, so you can't really fault him there too much. But so far, he's looked, he's looked all right. I think he's looked all right. Two games in, th- those are two things that are – Positives. I'm going to give you one, and again, overreaction. It's six. It's six periods of hockey in a uh, in a year that has 80 regular season games left. Um, my sense is the Yul Eriksson-Ek Zuccarello Kaprizov line is trying to be too cute. Okay, like like they're the top line. They are. They know it, and I feel like they're trying. I feel like they're trying to do too much that goes outside of. They're just really damn good. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're it feels like they're pressing for success as opposed to allowing things to come to them, which by the way, they will. Uh, I'm not saying they look bad. I am saying that that it was intriguing to me that in the game against the Kings on Saturday, that the goal from that line came with Eric Zanek off after I think a penalty kill and Victor Rask, who scored the goal, um, playing between Zuccarello and Kaprizov. So my feeling is it's going to be fine. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be really good. But I think that they are pressing to be like, we are the top line, and, and that has probably hindered them more through two games than helped them. Yeah, I, I think that they've been okay. Um, you know, that, that that's obviously going to be their number one line for sure, and, and Zuccarello and Kaprizov have had great chemistry uh, dating back to last season. Um, and in general, yeah, I mean – I. You know, these are our overreactions, so, you know, it, it's not fun to just say everything's hunky-dory and fine and we can break down X's and O's of hockey. Um, you know, I, I would love to see that line get a little bit more run. They didn't, like I said, they didn't spend a ton of time together, but there were moments on Friday and Saturday where both Kaprizov and Fiala were on the ice together, and I'm just curious if they explore that more. That was something I was calling for a lot last season. They explored it in the postseason last year when the Wild were down in the third period against Vegas um, a decent amount. Uh, so I'm I'm curious if those two end up playing together a little bit more. They'll obviously play power play together. That's right. expected. Uh, right. But I'm curious, too, just in general, how Joel Erickson Eck kind of makes that next jump into an actual first-line role. We'll see how well those three gel together. I'm telling you, I think that I think the key for him will be maintaining the player that he is. So, like, if he can't see himself as, well, now I'm I'm Mr. Skill, right? Like, he can't. He can't see his career or his current assignment on that first line through the prism of, well, I got to make uh, Kaprizov look good, Zuccarello look good. What he needs, he basically needs to play the exact way that he has played for the last year plus now, because he's going to, 
end up being, I think, the guy that does a lot of the work. It's greasy, but that's him. And and Zuccarello is such a good passer, and Kaprizov is such a phenomenal talent. He made a pass last night on a goal that was just incredible again. Um, I think that Eric Zanek has to accept the fact that nobody's asking more from him and that his play, just like he did with Greenway and Felino, will translate absolutely fine. And when all three get on that page, I think it's going to be a very good line. I just see them, and I'm not surprised, I just see them trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. And and that's, in this sport especially, you get in trouble. I think you got to back off, relax, play your role, and you'll be uh, fine. Absolutely great. Yeah, I, I think so in general, too. Uh, you know, Ryan Hartman is now kind of slid into that spot for him on the on the other checking line, so I'm, I'm curious how that goes. I mean, you know, just to piggyback or to jump to an, a new question here, what did you think, though, of Talbot getting both knots both nights? Um, I think that's an indicator of what's to come pre, yeah. pre-Olympic break, okay? Because this is a very important discussion. Okay. Uh, because the season in March is going to change. You cannot start a goaltender back to back to back to back. I mean, look at that. The the Olympic break in February is going to create havoc with yeah. schedules in March. Um, but I think what we saw back to back starts in the first two games for Cam is very much they're going to ride him. Uh, now, the question becomes, how, how do you walk that fine line so that when you return from the Olympic break that um, that Capo can start and be effective? He needs to play. I am. It's 2000. 21 you need two goaltenders you can't just start one but i'm getting the sneaky uh, suspicion that's not surprising i'm getting the sneaky suspicion that if they have the opportunity before march to ride cam talbot they're going to Hmm. you yeah i i was a little surprised he got both nods i also just you know he didn't have the best preseason too and i just don't think they really trust capo cochran long term um it it stinks that you don't you don't want to see another now, I know this isn't a perfect example. You don't want to see another Darcy Camper situation where you just you give up on a goalie young and then he blossoms somewhere else. And, you know, right. Darcy being a little different, I think he's just more of a mental head case. But uh, I I was a little surprised by it. That being said, I thought Talbot did look great in both games. Um, yeah. He had, I mean, that save at the end in, on Friday night. I mean, they, the, the Ducks almost tied the game with seven seconds left after the Wild took the lead, and yep. he came up huge on a buzzer-beating save. So I thought he was good. Um, you know, last season he was just average and that's what the wild needed but i i don't think the wild can just get average goaltending this year they're gonna they're gonna need above average goaltending if they're really serious about making a run and you have to have two mm-hmm. like you can't have uh well capo's here but he he plays you know sparingly i mean capo cockin gonna have to play and again look at that schedule when they come back after the olympics in march look at that schedule and how it lays out like you every team that doesn't have two capable goaltenders in that uh, portion of the schedule is going to be in trouble. So if they don't trust him, they better get up to speed on trusting him. That doesn't mean that Talbot is not, and he, he is right now, he's their clear-cut top goaltender. Yeah. I get that. But this is not 1986 where you said, well, we got Grant Fear and then some guy. And he, you know, he started like 70 something games with the Oilers when they were, you know, then they had one of their better years, like four or five years ago. And then he got, he was just, he got burnt and then he got burnt out. So yes, I agree. I mean, I I really don't think you should be starting a goaltender more than 60 times, more than 55, 60 times a season. And if he gets hurt, Dex, 
Like you right. got to have a, you got to have a guy behind him now. You mm-hmm. can't do that. Um, but that that being said, he started the first two games. My guess is he'll definitely start Tuesday's home opener mm-hmm. against the Jets. Uh, but then you go back to back again at the X on Saturday and Sunday. capo mm-hmm. has got to get one of those. Yeah, games. he gets one of those. Like you've sure. got to give him one game, and you de- and you can't abandon him and then say, okay, now you're playing right. Like you got to have confidence, right? So, next thing, overreactions. Declan, the wild power play is one for six. Yeah, it's only one one for six. Um, they scored a goal. I believe it was your guy again, Kevin Fiala on on Friday night. Mm-hmm. They were they then had they were actually one for five on Friday. They were zero for one. A point that bugged the head coach to no end. They were zero for one. One whole power play against the Kings. Uh, this is another unit, especially that first one. I think is going to be fine. I'm not concerned. It the power play started so bad last year yeah. that I actually was like, "What's going on? Like this thing looks awful." But when you've got the skill set that this team has and, and the ability to move the puck, I think that I think the first power play group for sure is going to absolutely be fine. Yeah, I think the first unit's fine. The second unit does have, I think, concerns. I mean, like I said, if Frederick Goudreau is playing power play time, I, I have questions there. Um, but I think in general, yeah, He's that, your second center th- that I know he is, <laughs> what are you going to do? I know. And like Victor is Rask. Do you trust Rask to play the second power? Play? I mean, maybe he wins faceoffs, And if you just plant him in the offensive zone, maybe you don't get a, I like about what it. they've done to Rask. Yeah. Fourth line wing, right? Yeah. I mean, or, I'm well, sorry. You no, know, he's the second line. wing. He's the second line wing with Fiala. But, but he's a wing. But yeah. He's a yep. wing now. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not too worried about, about the, uh, about, about the first unit at all. I think if Rask is used appropriately, I'm fine. It yeah. was it was when you had him. He just can't. He literally. I mean, he's not terrible, um, but Victor Rask Declan cannot keep up when he is with consistently with mm-hmm. Kaprizov. Like oh, he I just know. can't keep up. So if he <laughs> is a second line wing, which by the way, so so here's what I like. I got a sneaky suspicion. Victor Rask, in some ways, is the 2021-22 Nick Benino. Easily see him on the fourth line at some point. Winger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you know, that's fine, right? That's yeah. fine. It, it doesn't offend me then. No. Um, I, was mu- I was far more concerned about the fact that he was consistently being asked to be the centerman on a line with which he really didn't belong. And, and yes, they, I get it. He stepped in. They scored. I'm just convinced that long-term, Erickson Eck is going to be a far better fit for what those two guys do than Rask was. Because, one, I think you can keep up. Yep. Uh, another overreaction from me. Uh, yes, my overreaction is I'm not ready yet to apologize for my Marcus Foligno take, which I don't know if you were planning to bring up with me. He's off he to a great start. He obviously is off got to a nice note. start here. Got in a goal, got an assist. He has two points. Yep. Um, you know, I texted with another hockey analytics friend of mine, over the weekend after the Saturday game. And I asked, you know, I, I said that there is no way a guy who doesn't score more than 30 points in a season can contain a 55-point season, right? Sure. And he said, yeah, for the most part, that's probably the right take. You know, you're, you're correct in that assessment. But also, I mean, if, if Felino's not going to get power play time, and I'm, Judd, I'm not sure if he was on that second unit or not, off the top of my head at least, um, but Let me check my notes. if he's not getting top power play time, he's definitely not going to be a 55 point dude. Um, that being said, he's looked great. And 
You know, is this, I, he just had, because I, I got some ats. I got a lot of ats this weekend saying, oh, there's your boy Felino having a great start. And I know you mentioned the part of, well, I don't really care what his offensive numbers are necessarily Correct. because he brings something to the team that is unquantifiable uh, in a box score. Um, but in general, no, I'm not ready to apologize for Marcus Felino take, but I'm, I'm happy that he's playing well. I'm obviously not going to be upset that he's, uh, not, that he's scoring goals. Make no mistake, with the new construction of this roster and locker room, Marcus Foligno is the now the complete heartbeat, the heart and soul of this mm-hmm. team. Like he was largely last year, but now the transformation is complete. He is so yeah. I just you, your um your reasons why he, he w- was going to regress a bit with the statistics and his uh, shooting percentage from 2021, I'm sure are spot on. Like you're probably right. I just don't care. I don't care because he's so important to the fabric of this team. And I just go back to thinking about all the whining and moaning in the, uh, to, to quote your guy, Bruce, the woe is us guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, oh man, woe we didn't me. get a lot. Yeah. Woe is me. Woe is our <laughs> whole team. Marcus Foligno doesn't allow that crap. And I love it. And yeah. so I don't care. Like if he gets points, awesome. If he doesn't get points, he comes to play. It, it's a cliche. I understand that. Seriously, watch him. Focus on him. He never stops. The motor never stops. And to uh, to go back to your question, the second power play is Ryan Hartman, Goudreau, Foligno, uh, Dumba, and and Oligoski. The first power play, Fiala and Spurgeon on the points. Hartman was out there last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Sinek, Kaprizov. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, the, the, you might be right. Statistically, Felino might be great or he might not be, but my God, what that guy brings from an intangible standpoint, this is what, sure. and this is where the sport's weird because you will get pushback of, well, he's got to do, you know, well, I mean, you're, that's your eye test, Zolgad. I test this, I test that. I've got the stats here. But when you watch that guy in the corners and the workman like crap he does, I mean, mm-hmm. those guys are hard to find because he is talented. But more importantly, the motor never stops, which leads me to this. Okay. Let me give you an overreaction two games in about one of the forward lines. What I consider to be the true third line, Ryan Hartman is a perfect fit. Hartman, Greenway, and, you know, Jordan can be up, up and down. I get that. But you bring Hartman's intangibles, because he's another guy who doesn't stop, and Foligno. Um, I always felt, and I think I'm right, Erickson Eck, Erickson Eck is a workmanlike player, but he's really good. I, he, he's a good player. And I always felt like, you know, he's really talented to be, like, stuck on that line. Yeah. Um, Ryan Hartman is perfect for that line. Like I love that line, that line. If you think Erickson Eck bugged guys, Ryan Hartman was in Dowdy's face and then scored and then stared him down on Saturday night, Declan. Right. Like that is, again, that goes back to the wild teams. When's the last time we saw that? Like when's the last time we saw an in your face bleep you, I might not be as good as you, but I just outworked you. When's the last time we saw that from this franchise? Haven't had it. They, they 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 have not had that player in maybe ever. Um, I I like Ryan Hartman a lot. Um, you know he he was a first round pick with Chicago and and you know probably doesn't hit his ceiling of the player he was supposed to be, but he's carved out a very nice career. 
Um, and yeah, I, I think him filling that role of basically Joel Erickson Eck from a year ago, and you just swap those two is the right is the right play. Ryan Hartman should be nowhere near Kirill Kaprizov, and you need to figure out if Joel yes. Erickson Eck is the right player. And yes. that, and, and that's not a it's not no. a that's not a slap to Ryan Hartman. It's just it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't he shouldn't be playing with him, and vice versa. Kaprizov deserves something better, and you need to see if Joel Erickson Eck is indeed a top line center as well. So I, I think honestly it's it's a it's a win win situation for both sides. Yep, and Kirill is Kirill's not playing great yet, and he's still so damn fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like he's still making passes, making plays. It is it's phenomenal to see a player in the wild sweater <laughs> who can do what he does, and you're still like, well, that's not that great yet. No, he's still making. He made a pass again last night. I'm telling you, the pass. It was like if 89 percent of guys who have come through here made that pass, we'd be like, oh, my God, what an unbelievable pass. With Kaprizov, you're like, oh, man, nice pass. Okay, next play, <laughs> Kirill. Next expectation, Kirill. Did you – I've got a question because I got a uh, full disclosure for you. Okay. Um, Friday night. Now, I don't get – I don't yet get ESPN+. Plus. I'm got a new cable box that I found out I couldn't hook up yet. I need some help from my Xfinity folks. Okay. So, But I get Hulu, and I thought that I would then get the game. Well, it turns out we don't get Hulu live, which I think is what you needed to get the game. Yeah. So, so we've got Hulu. We got a package uh, that Dawn gets, but it's not. It didn't have the game, and so I was I was forced to um, tune into the game on the good old fashioned my radio wow. and and uh, monitor Twitter. I don't think I have ever seen a more negative reaction to a telecast slash broadcast as I did to that one. How bad, as a guy who watched it, how bad was it? For Friday's game? Yeah, with uh, Hextall and Boucher. It was fine. Okay, people I, were I had, ripping. I had no issue with it. Um, no, I, I thought Hextall, Hextall. Did, did, did a nice job. Um, okay, I didn't hear it. I, I love ESPN+. Plus. I love this. I think this is great for the game. Um, and then even yesterday, I have figured out new ways to just now watch ESPN Plus with the WoW game so I can just now watch the opposing broadcast. And even oh, nice. on Saturday, I got the Kings. And last year, because the Wild were in the, the you know the Discover California division, which those right. putrid teams, um, right. Alex Faust, who's one of the best play-by-play guys in the business, he's a young up-and-comer. I mean, he he could very well be the voice of the NHL in five or ten years because he's so damn young. Um, but they did a great job. I thought the Kings broadcast was awesome, and then I know the viral clip went around of Drew Doughty, um, you know, tongue-in-cheeky, making fun of Kirill Kaprizov for getting a contract, which sets wild Twitter on fire, which is like, okay, yeah. let's, ha- let's have a little bit of awareness here. It's Drew Doughty, here. too. And it's Drew Doughty. Like if, he carries a lot of street cred. If, if, if it was some slappy, as you like to say, third-line yeah. pairing that they were interviewing on the telecast, like if, like if Brad Hunt... If Brad Hunt said that, I know Brad played with the Wild, but if equivalent Brad Hunt said that about Kirill Kaprizov, tee off on him. That's that's correct. Drew Doughty's a two-time Cup winner, an all, multi-time All-Star, a Norris finalist uh, in his career. Like, and also he's being funny. That's the whole point. Well, he laughs I, at his own joke. I, yeah. I don't. I don't. You know my thoughts on the BSN. Me and Patrick Royce, have very, and you too, have very strong thoughts on the BSN here locally in Minnesota. Yep. And I will do everything in my power to watch the opposing broadcast. And I did not notice anything on Friday that was... So you didn't mind on Friday? No, I thought it was fine. Okay, because Twitter was, was aflame with, with gripes about her announcing and play-by-play, and I oh didn't boy. see it. So oh boy. in fairness, I'm not passing judgment. Okay, I, I was trying to get yours. Uh, the last thing I've got is this. Speaking of the BSN, network mm-hmm. 
and um, BSN North. Ryan Carter. Yeah. You have made strides. Really? You know what he did last night? No, tell he me. pointed out issues. Talked Ooh. about the first line. The Wilds' first line not looking great. He found he didn't, like, pick them apart. He, I wouldn't say he criticized them, but he certainly brought up constructive points about what they weren't doing right at times. And I don't know if um, if Billy G ripped off the Band-Aid and said, hey, if we're not playing well, because, I mean, Ryan Carter played. He sees things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's not like he's dumb. No. He sees things. But um, I was I hope this continues because it wasn't he wasn't going off and he wasn't being controversial. But you know how we never got that previously, like walls would do it sometimes. So I, I do give Wes credit because I think Wes has the credibility to also criticize. But I didn't feel last year that Carter criticized much or like broached up, hey, you know, Kaprizov and and Zuccarello and Eck aren't playing great. Brought up things last night that I said, yeah, you know what? He's right. That's a great point. So, again, I don't know if this is credit to to the BSN folks or if this is credit to just Carter himself or Garen saying, hey, if we're not playing great, tell people. But big step last night as far as Ryan Carter's development goes, and I thought that was great. How much did they, because I didn't, I didn't watch the local telecast, how, how much did they talk about the Parisian suitor and just culture buyouts? Um, did they bring that up at all yeah, or the, kind of stay away? Yeah, no, they talked about it. The open of the show was, was basically one whole veiled package at those two. Okay. And and that wasn't LaPanta and Carter as it was basically the the okay we're about to roll into the season narration sure. of you know these guys are gone and i think it was lapanta doing it but it wasn't do i think it was taped uh but you know talking about so basically what they did in the open decks was they played they talked about at one point the fact that felino and dumba had, had been named um alternate captains Mm-hmm. or assistant captains. They talked about that, and then they played Felino standing up and saying, everyone in this room, we care about what you think. It's a great quote. Um, but then they're basically like, and then, you know, and that's not how, you know, things are changing. So it was one big, not so, I, I should say, veiled shot at how that room ran, which they're right. I just, you know, two years ago thought it might have been appropriate to bring it up then. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Kings broadcast uh, mentioned numerous times about this, those buyouts and also crediting Bill Guerin and saying how they want young players to have voices in the room. Yes. Um, and I thought that was interesting that an opposing broadcast brought that up. I wasn't sure if, if the local broadcast brought that up, so I was curious on that. Uh, Judd, also quickly before we wrap, we are giving away at Score North five, uh, p- five pairs of the Wild Preds game on October 24th which I believe is next Sunday. Uh, and all you have to do to enter is go to the Score North app and click under the Listening Rewards tab. Just hit Enter. Uh, we'll, we'll be drawing that prize on October 21st, so we'll be driving that later this week. But if you want tickets to Wild and Preds, go to the Score North app, um, Apple, or on the Google Play Store. Click Listening Rewards. Click Enter. Um, no, Judd and I can't win, unfortunately, this time. Uh, but okay. but if you want tickets to Wild and Preds, go check it out. And also, with college students, college nights discounts are back this season. Wild tickets start at just 39 bucks. There are a few games to choose from each month. Find out more at wild.com slash impacts. Very nice. And just to so if you are trying to do the math in your head, October 21st is Thursday, so mm-hmm. enter now yes. for a Sunday game. I believe it's an early puck job, right, it's a, Dex? It's a 5 o'clock one. 5 there's, o'clock. There's no, oh, Vikes. We got, there's no Vikes, so you got you – got, Well, you got. and guess who's back in town? Yeah. Granlin. 
Conan? Conan? Over to Granlin. Conan Flyers goes It, it used to be Halla, but now he's in Boston. I'm, I'm telling you, man. I, I, I know Bedino was an important player to that room. I, I don't like trading young players. I, I, I'm curious if Conan, he was pretty much the same player he was points-wise. I, right, I don't like I that. I can tell you right now, Bill Guerin now agrees completely. One reason why this team is out on Eichel for sure is they ain't going to trade their future assets now. Yeah. Boldy's not being traded. Rossi, Beckman. I think there's a list of guys now because they, they've actually got, they've got guys, mm-hmm. young players mm-hmm. in the minors that are good now. Yeah. And I think that they have a, I think that they saw, it doesn't take much. If you look at what Fletcher was willing to do, and there are definitely years and times to go hog wild all in. I agree with that. But if you look at what Fletcher probably did, you know, because he just gave away draft picks, I think there's a feeling that, that that's how your system gets set back, right? Yep. So, yeah, no, um, I'm pretty sure that Cunning – and my only question about him now, too, is, I mean, that room was broken up for a purpose. And we don't know – like, we have a very loose idea. Because I, I always thought that Luke was potentially a uh, future captain because he, he was, he what, was. captain of – I think the U.S. junior team and that the won the world championship and the Badgers. So Luke, to me, struck me as a guy who definitely could have been at some point in time here a future captain. But um, it's interesting if you look at the parts that were disassembled, it's almost like there was a definite purpose there, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we go, what's our plan for Tuesday? Because as we talked about before, the Wild's going to open against the Winnipeg Jets at the X on Tuesday. So we will, yes, we, the Wild play at Tuesday game at home against the Jets and then Judd and I will uh will have a reaction to that afterwards. We'll we'll be doing plenty of of more podcasts and whatnot. Uh you got with the schedule. But I, I just know uh, where you tell me to go. Yeah, yeah. Executive and, but, producer. And then game prediction wise, yeah, I think uh I think the Wild get another win at home. Jets will be good, man. Jets Jets are back. Jets, Hunter Hellenbuck Jets, uh, Jets, in goal Jets probably. Out. Yeah. I you know he was a he he didn't win Vesna last year, right? I believe he was runner up. I can't remember if he was runner up or if he won the award. No but, uh, uh Flower won it last Flower. year. Mark Andre Fleury won it last year. But he was Vegas. a damn good goalie, and and you could say was the second best goalie in the league. I need to see it one more time. I don't know. I I just need, a, I need to I see think, it one more time. I think I two know. of the last three years he's been really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And the Jets, their biggest thing, they finally addressed their defensive core because that's mm-hmm. the thing that fell off the bleep and yep. map. Their their defensive core used to be great, and then, um, they traded some guys. I think they lost a guy or two to free agency, and um. The big guy retired on them. So, oh, yeah, D- D- Bufflin. Yeah, Dustin yeah. Bufflin. So, yeah. all right, we are uh, done. We'll talk to you within the next couple of days, though, because uh, this thing is just getting started, and we're going to bring as much of Judd's hockey uh, show to you as humanly possible. Declan? Pass, shoot, score.